0: I'm glad you're joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you from Atlanta in June of 2022. Today we're going to be talking about ways to ensure public health, such as preventing pandemics and the continued effectiveness of antibiotics through dealing with the risks posed by animal agribusiness, as outlined in a new documentary, The End of Medicine. Our guest is a whistleblower veterinarian in the UK's pig farming industry, Dr. Alice Bruff. The End of Medicine is a new documentary film that highlights how the way in which we consume and treat animals in both factory farms and smaller animal farms, drives the emergence of existential health threats such as zoonotic disease, including COVID-19, chronic disease, environmental racism, and antimicrobial resistance. In fact, 70% of the world's antibiotics are being used in animal agribusiness, 70%. The overuse of antibiotics in factory-farmed animals is leading to widespread resistance in humans to antibiotics. So that puts us at risk of not being able to treat deadly infections in the future, hence the title, The End of Medicine. The End of Medicine uh, as a film sounds the alarm few have heard. The film is directed by award-winning filmmaker Alex Lockwood, along with executive producers Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix, along with producer Keegan Kuhn, who produced the documentaries Cowspiracy and What the Health. The End of Medicine is available on Apple TV and iTunes. The Instagram site for the film is at the end of medicine. Our guest is the whistleblower Vet, who is prominently featured in the End of Medicine film, Dr. Alex Bruff. Alice Bruff, Dr. Bruff worked as a commercial livestock vet in the UK from 2015 to 2019, consulting on health, welfare, and productivity across all sizes and systems of pig farming. As a result of this experience, she now dedicates her life to activism for animal rights, human rights, and environmental protection. Her work with farmed pigs starkly highlighted the great risk posed to human health by our use of animals namely from infectious disease and the severe overuse and misuse of medicines we rely on to save human lives. Dr. Bruff took the opportunity to tell her story in The End of Medicine, alongside bringing a legal challenge to the UK government on the same subject. Welcome, Dr. Bruff.
1: Thank you so much for having me. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I enjoyed watching the documentary in which you're, you're prominently featured. In, and in it, you talk about how, you know, you wanted to be a veterinarian ever since you were a little kid. So tell us why mm-hmm. you stopped working as a commercial pig industry vet in the UK after just four years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um- Well, I I went into the pig industry first off because I was already concerned about sort of welfare within that industry. I'd worked on um, sort of intensive farms as a teenager, Mm. um, and that was my goal really, to work my way into it and and make some changes there because I was so shocked by what I was seeing. Right. Um, When I got into the industry itself as a a qualified vet, um, these issues just blew my mind. Like, I I hadn't realised quite how widespread the immense suffering was I I hadn't realized how sort of dangerous the standards and the practices were in terms of their impacts on human health and the environment and I just um, about halfway through that four years I went vegan myself because I realized I was sort of paying to perpetuate these issues and and in effect traumatized myself with them Um, and then sort of a couple of years after that I realized I wasn't able to make any change within that industry because the system is so set in place and there is so much sort of money and lobbying power and um, you know marketing power to prevent these issues from being shown to the public so yeah I, I left and felt like sharing that story with people would be more impactful than what I could do from within.
0: Yeah. So rather than just switching to a different job to benefit yourself and your own sanity, you wanted mm-hmm. to make big changes to the industry and the animals you left behind. What you, did you decide to do when you quit serving the pig farming industry with your veterinary skills?
1: Yeah. So, um, it was really hard to walk away actually. And I, I obviously still, I'm deeply sort of upset by the fact that I had to leave the pigs there to try and make change from the outside. But, um, I just do what I can now in terms of activism. And that takes many, many different forms, uh, depending on what's current and what sort of opportunities arise, like the documentary, End of Medicine. Um, and I just make a real effort to educate myself on all the issues that are affecting, not just the animals, but the planet and our, our own species. And I, I take that wherever I can, by you know, public speaking or um, c- consultation and, and things like that. Um, yeah. So with different um like
0: uh non-profit type groups in in
1: the UK? Yeah, sure. Um yeah, I've worked with various sort of organizations and um uh, done stuff as an ind- individual as well and just whatever comes up really that's worth my worth my time, I I will take on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and this next question is what are some of the biggest concerns you have about animal farming? And that might be part of what Mm -hmm. you're, you're voicing in, in, when you're Mm -hmm. speaking, um, and what you talked about in the end of medicine. So could you tell us Mm -hmm. what are some of the biggest concerns you have about animal farming, having, you know, seen it from an employee's perspective?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, well, obviously the end of medicine focuses predominantly on on human health but I think almost every problem if not every problem you know large problem facing society and humanity today can be strongly linked to our relationship with animals and, and the natural world and our sort of food system so um yeah. obviously covered within the film is our, our risk for infectious disease as you said so um pandemics and we've seen devastating effects of zoonoses um, throughout our lifetimes from you know Ebola SARS um, HIV, AIDS, swine flu, um, and of course, like foodborne disease, which kills hundreds of thousands of people every year from animal agriculture. Um, we also talk about antimicrobial resistance, again, like you mentioned, which kills about 5 million people a year already, though it's not, not that's not a widely known fact. Which, right, that um, is more than I Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so mm. they did, uh, they released a study this year, um which uh showed that the deaths from antimicrobial resistance have jumped sevenfold from the last estimate um Mm. which was a lot more than they were expecting and kind of the only thing that's changed in that time is the fact that we've massively increased our reliance on animals for food and intensified our agriculture and like you said uh, 70 percent of antibiotics worldwide are given to livestock and that's even higher in the U.S. so um you guys actually use 80% of your antibiotics in livestock in ways which are very high risk for developing these resistant infections. Um, So these are the two sort of main main health issues, not to mention like chronic disease from our um, livestock heavy diets as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, climate change, the the massive ecological emergency that we're in right now, is very very strongly linked to livestock farming it's the number one driver of deforestation um ocean dead zones pollution um you know many many issues (laughs) caused by livestock farming and that is um in part because of how inefficient it is as a as a food system you know we we grow so much grain and, and soya and crops and everything to feed livestock to then feed ourselves that it's it's so shocking to me that you know hundreds of thousands uh, sorry hundreds of millions of people are underfed and starving hmm. yet we can feed 80 billion land land animals a year um to slaughter which uh right. it's so I mean,
0: inefficient it's just, yeah. an inefficient use of food yeah
1: yeah exactly and it, it it's just it's so wrong on so many levels like the water use the land use the resource use um and the fact that it's a system based on the exploitation of others, of other sentient beings who wow. we know are intelli- intelligent and, and suffer in the same way that we do. That's an issue. It's
0: so hard for you because, like, when you come become a vet, it's because you like animals and you want to provide individual care for sure. each one. Like, I'm about to take you know my dog Elliot to the vet next week, and mm-hmm. I feel good about that. You know that he's going to be treated. Yeah. Well. Um, it, but then you're in an industry, you're in an industry where they can't, or they choose not to put, it's not economical if they're in the profit okay. business <laughs> to really provide mm-hmm. individual health care for each animal. So then as a vet, did you feel kind of used, like you weren't really there to help each individual or, you know, and so
1: yeah, for sure. an uh, what
0: you wanted to do
1: yeah it's uh it was devastating actually for somebody who, who loves and cares about animals and i you know i spent my whole life wanting to be a vet um to then enter an industry where they are very much treated like commodities it's a you know it's herd health rather than individual health and that is um you know how you make the profit so um you know a lot of the time the best thing for me to do would be to euthanize animals that were suffering because it economically didn't make sense and it. Sometimes wasn't possible to treat individual animals because of the scale yeah. of the farming that they were in, that they were in. Um, so yeah, it was really hard. Really, yeah. Sad. Like you
0: talk uh, about that in the end of medicine, that it's like you're killing, having to kill animals every day. Yeah. You know? and that's yeah, so, and it's so traumatizing for you. Yeah,
1: your- I, I mean, c- killing them almost felt like a like a mercy, um, considering yeah. how they were living because it was so the conditions are so awful I can't overstate that enough like the misery when you walk into these sort of factory farms or slaughterhouses or you know breeding sheds the misery is palpable and the 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 hygiene the smell the oh god it's just it is just awful and it almost felt like well you're probably better off um being put asleep by me than making it to the slaughterhouse you know right Um, Right. So
0: euthanasia really is a term for, you know, what you felt like you were doing, but yeah, well, I'm sorry that you, you know, had to experience that. And uh, I thank you for, for speaking out about, about these traumatic experiences. Um, And I understand that another form of activism is you, you took some legal action against the UK government in terms of protecting public health. Can you tell us about that? yes (laughs)
1: yes <laughs> yes so um they coincided actually the end of medicine and this um legal case yeah. uh, scrap factory farming which um yeah the the, the issues overlap massively so if you want to um really dig into the resources and facts on this go to scrapfactoryfarming.org and there's a whole bunch of resources there but yeah so this um this is actually a human rights case um which is a legal challenge to get the government to recognize and act on the risks posed by factory farming specifically um now we took that to the uk government and they managed to sort of brush it off because there is already a framework in place that was their whole defense we submitted 1200 pages of scientific evidence a lot of which was quoting their own scientists back to them and um, they did not refute any of the science or the evidence they simply said well we've got a framework in place which um, obviously is not working but that was their defense so we're now actually taking applying to the European Court of Human Rights so going above the Above the UK government on that one, so um, watch this space for <laughs> on that one. Yeah,
0: but I, I'm I'm glad that you did that because you forced these issues into the legal system to yes. say, and it was a variety of issues.
1: Was it mostly the
0: public health
1: part that you're in? Yes, yeah, so or was it the
0: environmental part? Or
1: Mostly public health. Just yeah. You have to be quite specific on right. sort of um, calling for a judici- judicial review. It has to be very specific things that they've failed to do. Um, so we went with the human rights, human health angle as the most likely to be picked up and the most likely to be supported by the public. You know, it's very yeah. hard to actually get public support on matters of animal welfare or matters of environment when it doesn't. It, I think in England, we're very quite, you know, we're kind of protected from the climate emergency a little bit at the moment, although we're not, but people are are quite separate from it. So I think um, focusing on the human health issues in the middle of a pandemic was going to be our best shot. (laughs) I know it is kind Um, of
0: sad because if we're not going to deal with the prevention part now related to preventing future pandemics, when there's Mm -hmm. a huge public will after all we've suffered and continue Mm -hmm. to suffer, um, you know, when when are they going to do something about it? Yeah, because I am very concerned that everything is just business as usual with mm-hmm. animal agribusiness and with just mm-hmm. trade and wildlife and everything. And that's why I dedicate so many of these radio shows to this topic. Yeah.
1: I'm like, okay, oh. we know this is a problem, but
0: you know, but what are we doing? Exactly, um, and
1: it you know, it could be much worse than COVID nineteen. I think that's the um, main point to get across is that COVID nineteen, although it's it's ground the world to a halt completely. Um, has a pretty low mortality rate, but the things that we're actually, you know, predicting to be the most likely next pandemic or a disaster it's waiting a to happen in these factory or farms. Or uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, an influenza, yeah. which uh, spillover events of avian influenza in the past few years have carried a mortality of sixty percent. Um, which, you know, Is if that, that if that mutated in a way that it was able to spread like COVID nineteen, that would be sixty percent of people getting that disease dying um, which yeah i mean think how we so <laughs> you know like completely altered
0: everything about human society across the uh-huh. world for covid-19 when the mortality rate was actually fairly low and and mm-hmm. then good that it's low but future pandemics um, you know like you mentioned are could be mm-hmm. could be just devastating and so, right, we should be doing all we, we can. And so I'm, I'm glad you're raising the alarm for that. If you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature. I'm host Carrie Freeman talking about the new documentary, The End of Medicine, with one of its star experts, UK farmed animal veterinarian, Dr. Alice Bruff. The Instagram site for the documentary, which airs on iTunes and Apple TV, is at the end of medicine. Dr. Bruff, as one of the experts featured in the new documentary, The End of Medicine, what would you say people will gain further understanding um, from watching The End of Medicine documentary in terms of like why it's worth watching?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I think it does a really good job of getting a variety of people to speak on the issues covered in the documentary so we've got doctors we've got vets we've got environmentalists we've got politicians and we've got activists you know a huge host of people speaking on these issues Um, and it kind of dives deep into issues that have not really been spoken about so much you know we've all experienced this pandemic um we know that five million people a year are dying from antimicrobial resistance but they're not nobody's really talking about how we're going to prevent that from getting any worse or prevent a a future pandemic um in an effective way you know a lot of our policies are reactive and and none of them actually have any capacity to prevent uh sort of societal collapse (laughs) from all these issues so um it it does a really nice job of of Looking at stories as well as facts, and it doesn't feel like a biased film. I don't know whether you got that kind of vibe from it, but I, I thought it was just quite a balanced, yeah. um, a balanced take. Um, I appreciate just, having lots of experts, um, yeah, you know, speak yeah. and
0: share their opinions about, um, yeah, about all these issues. And mm-hmm. so, right, I, I think that's an important part to any documentary.
1: Yeah, and I think it ties in all the issues as well. Like, uh, we're very guilty, I think, as a society of, of picking out individual issues and trying to look at those as, as singular mm-hmm. things, but actually the, the environmental issues, the social justice issues, the, the human health issues, whether that's from a diet or infectious disease or, or whatever, they're actually all completely interlinked. Um, and I think the film ties that in in a way that it makes it clear that we as individuals actually have some power over over all these things like you know we can we can affect change as individuals and as a community and society um without relying upon our governments and as it says in the film our governments are heavily lobbied by meat dairy egg industries um, uh, and you're just not going to get the right policies from them to to Save the human race you know it sounds extreme but um it's important that we kind of understand all these issues for ourselves and know how to take action and know where to look and and and, you know educate ourselves on that right don't know if that answered your question
0: Carrie (laughs) yeah like the film yeah you reminded me that it talks about environmental racism and it brings in some Uh environmental risks even though it starts off mostly focusing on public health so that yeah. it has more of a holistic, you know, look at some of the problems of the uh, current food system that's mm-hmm. based largely around um, raising intensive animal, just raising animals in general, and also mm-hmm. feeding all those animals. Um, but what do you recommend we do as a society to rectify the problems with farming animals? Since right now our food system is kind of built so so heavily around um, animal farming.
1: Yeah, it is, sadly. Um, so I think fundamentally the problems we're talking about cannot be alleviated within animal farming. There's no way of farming animals. There's no way of exploiting animals. You know, you know, we're talking beyond agriculture. We're talking about um, fashion um, research, um, you know, exotic pet trade, etc. All these ways that we're exploiting animals are creating risks for us and we can't alleviate those problems Mm-hmm. completely whilst continuing those things so we must sort of look to rely more on plant foods we must look for alternatives to using animals in whatever way we're using them particularly as a sort of western society fairly privileged you know anyone who's in a privileged position to be able to make these choices for themselves mm-hmm. um, there, there are many ways that we can look to do that um and that in itself will then drive policy change it's very very difficult to um, you know, we've tried it with the with the legal case, but the government policy changes usually when the the money um, kind of goes towards something else. You know, they're not going to subsidize healthy plant foods until we show that there's a demand for those things. Right, um, That's a very
0: good way of putting it. That kind of shows the political will follows the public opinion, and so yeah, you know, we have to take responsibility through collective action, um, Mm -hmm. to make, to say, we want changes in food. We want, um, healthy, tasty, nutritious, um, organic, uh, plant-based foods to be highly accessible, Mm -hmm. you know, anywhere. And, you know, right now it's like to be vegan, um, is, an inconvenience a lot of times you know go out of your way or whatever and it's like it shouldn't be to do the right thing that should be the default Mm -hmm. right That Mm -hmm. the government's everything set up as the default way to do things the easy affordable way to do things
1: yeah exactly and and kind of those of us in a position to do so we can start to educate ourselves on perhaps how we might help people to feed themselves cheaply on a and on a healthy plant-based diet um, how we might uh, uh sort of create systems which are healthier for the environment and that sort of thing I don't know um I, I'm halfway through a book at the moment which is phenomenal that I'm going to mention because everyone needs to read it immediately um it's called Regenesis by George Monbiot I don't know if you know him at all oh,
0: okay the um, author like the op-ed writer columnist
1: yeah exactly so this book Regenesis is just covers absolutely every issue, um, particularly the environmental stuff as that's his thing, but it's so well put together and the references section is like almost the size of a whole book. So it's just, it's a really good, um, yeah. really good resource. Uh, for looking, at, uh, looking at solutions okay. as well, okay. yes. I'm gonna <laughs> look that up. And is there any <laughs>
0: last thing you wanna add Dr. Bruff, for listeners who are interested in making systemic changes to animal farming and of health and welfare? any type of action or activism you might recommend for individuals besides reading that book and watching The End of Medicine?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the first thing that we've already said, the main thing to do is to choose not to fund these industri- industries if we're in a position to do so. Um, in terms of activism, you know, everybody's different. Everybody responds to different things. So variety is really important. Um, if you are able to Educate yourself, share information with people in your sphere and and create a bit of a ripple effect. That's a brilliant way to begin. Um, If you want to get into more sort of um, bigger activism, look at organisations in your area, look at groups you can join, um, people that you can chat to about that. Um, And just think about your... I think we've moved away a little bit from sort of unleashing our imaginations, if that makes sense. Like we've kind of got into a bit of a... um, position because of how the system is set up of, of not using our imagination so looking at our unique sort of skill set and, and personalities in ways that we might be able to affect change uh, effectively um there's another really good book called change of heart by nick cooney um, which goes into the psychology of social change which is uh, i think a really good read for anybody who's looking to um, go into any sort of activism or even just have really you know productive conversations with people around them
0: Yeah, I've assigned that in some of my um, communication (laughs) classes on social change. Yeah, art book. Great. Well, that's that's the end of our show, but I want to thank you, Dr. Alice Bruff, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program, and thank you for being brave enough to speak out against the health and welfare problems with animal farming.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. There's so much to it. It's really hard to kind of. (laughs) <laughs> cow bits to talk about but i hope that was all right <laughs> well it's
0: just the start for you you have a lifetime to you know to work sure. on it
1: <laughs>
0: <For sure. laughs> well oh, bless you
1: yeah you too thank you so much <laughs>
0: and to our listeners thank you for tuning in to in tune to nature broadcasting every wednesday at 6 30 p.m eastern time online at wrfg.org and on atlanta radio station 89.3 fm we post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com backslash Nature. The views and opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board staff or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman, asking you to please support independent, non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species. Thanks for listening. Cheers.